0: Welcome to the 795th installment of I Doubted Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore joined today by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly, Brittany Page, everybody.
4: Well, we are having a better day today, I would say, than we did yesterday.
5: What?
0: What happened yesterday?
4: The rain. Oh! <laughs> the torrential downpour for which we were not prepared. Yes. And... Well-
0: can I, can I pick a bone?
4: I mean, I don't, with the weather, with D.C., with...
0: with... With weather prognosticators.
4: Okay, yeah.
0: Because we went out on your advice...
4: On my, oh, oh, okay. That... So I'm getting the blame right <laughs> off the bat. Right off the bat.
0: You said it's not supposed to rain till four o'clock based on the Apple weather app.
4: Well, and it was a 40% chance starting at four.
0: Yeah, so, but but that's, that's the timeline, right? So, I mean, the science has got to be locked in enough that they, we go down there at 120. hmm We're at Logan Circle in Washington, D.C.
4: And the rain was 100%. <laughs> and it
0: was a 100%, and it was like three hours earlier than predicted. Uh-huh. And it wasn't, also it said sprinkle. Like I open the app and it's it says sprinkling while we are fucking legit soaked. Yeah. Like I put sunscreen on because Brittany likes to take care of me and make sure that I put sunscreen on my, my ginger face so I don't get skin cancer.
4: Actually, everyone should just be.
0: Yeah, I know, but I, I didn't used to do it. That's why I have all the sun damage on my grape. Uh-huh. So anyway... My eyes are just burning because now the sunscreen has just dripped into my eyeballs. Uh huh. We're being mocked on the street because.
4: Wait, we were? I guess I couldn't see. People were
0: snick. Well, you couldn't see because your glasses were. (laughs) I I took my sunglasses off because I have prescription sunglasses now. Yeah. And it was too dark.
4: Uh huh. But they help you see.
0: Yeah, but it's too dark. So what do I, either I see clearly Mm -hmm. or it's too fucking dark and I'm tripping all over myself.
4: Well, I don't want to see the people mocking me, so. It wasn't I had enough of that from
3: you because you turn
4: to me and you say, you look really good right now.
0: I took a few (laughs) pictures, which it'll be up to Brittany whether they get shown. Yeah, great. So it seriously was, it was uh, nightmarish because it was. A torrential downpour. Mm-hmm. We yep. didn't have umbrellas, anything. And we
4: had Sweepy.
0: And we had Sweepy, which we just covered the stroller with a blanket.
4: She was still unhappy.
0: Very audibly unhappy. She let us know. Yeah.
4: But we made it. We walked a mile in the rain. Yeah.
0: Well, it's also, <laughs> it is, you know, people have asked us, like, oh, it sounds like, oh, there's so many problems with you guys living there and you must hate it. Like, That's not it at all. At all. It just... We're not going to... It's not entertaining for us to talk about all the wonderment that we're experiencing. It's entertaining to hear us getting fucked by the rain. Yeah, I
4: mean, we can go into detail about all the fantastic meals that we've had since yeah. we've been here and all the cool restaurants that we've discovered. And That's
0: all food-related, by the way. Those how, two things are the same thing.
4: And how we get to walk <laughs> to dinner that we like yes. to eat. And yeah, we, we love to <laughs> sit...
0: Yeah, that's exactly right, too. <laughs> it's all kind of food-related. Yeah. No, but I mean, we... We are very much enjoying living in a city. Yeah. And I was going to say, before I sidetracked us, the other thing that's completely different about living here than in California is it never fucking rains in California. Oh, yeah. Very rarely does it rain. Right. We we owned umbrellas because of a past life where I had umbrellas, but not because we needed them in California. Mm-hmm. And now we have extra umbrellas because we stopped into a CVS and...
4: About halfway there.
0: Yeah. About halfway.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now we have a travel travel umbrella that we will keep in the stroller. Yes. And that, I think, is a good plan so that we will always be prepared Yeah. for the rain.
0: This episode brought to you by CVS Umbrellas.
4: <laughs> it was funny in CVS because Sweepy, again, was very unhappy with what was taking place. And was making her protest known by barking. And we got into the CVS. Which, by the
0: way, is an aggressive, high-pitched, yet still somehow gravelly yeah. bark.
4: So we were taking shelter in the CVS. You went to go get the umbrellas. I was standing off in this like lobby area, not blocking an entrance. Dripping <laughs> dry. Kind of hiding in the back. And Sweepy starts barking. And I, I'm sure you're not supposed to take animals into into CVS yeah. unless they're like service dogs or something. And I see an employee slowly peek her head around the corner to see <laughs> like what was going on. And then slowly take her head back after she had figured out that, no, it's just some douche with a dog on the stroller.
0: <laughs> anyway, uh, good times. Mm-hmm. learning Learning process. Yes. We're getting it down. Yep. It's a good time. It is. Overall, excited still very much about where we live. Do yes. not worry.
4: Do not worry. Do not fret. Yes, yes. So. Hopefully that is reassuring enough. That's right. Yeah.
0: So over the course of the last many, many, many episodes, we have talked about the culture war, anti-trans, anti-CRT, anti-history anti-intellectualism panic that is happening among conservative republicans among republicans let's just come on and as part of that we talked about florida banning textbooks 54 textbooks math uh, math textbooks 41 percent of new textbooks in the state of florida for early grades and although they have been unable up until a story that we'll talk about in a few minutes to provide any examples whatsoever about what they're talking about he did mention common core and social emotional learning two episodes ago we played an example of exactly what social emotional learning is and we got a voicemail
5: about it hi jesse hi Brittany. I was late listening to your latest podcast and I was thinking I wasn't going to call and then you got to the part with math and this is about SEL and I really wish there was SEL when I was growing up because I have some issues where up until about seven years ago I did not know there were more emotions than happy and sad and angry and it took a long time to recognize when I was feeling frustrated or anxious and be able to express that. There were times in college where I would just sit there crying and tell my teacher I suck at math and that's why I can't do the project we're supposed to do in class. Um, Thankfully that teacher was really, really good and she's been able to watch me grow academically and emotionally. She actually recently helped me get a scholarship that when I saw the email saying I got it, I was able to tell my friends why I was crying because the fact that I wouldn't have to keep trying to pay for school out of my own pocket and have my mom help me even though I'm a grown up now was so overwhelming that I was able to now at 30 years old realize I'm not crying because I'm sad, I'm crying because I'm relieved and happy and that teacher was able to help me so much even as an adult that. I just, even now I can realize I'm emotional because I'm just so happy and relieved. But it took till I was 30 to be able to express and realize this and with all the issues I have, SEL probably would have really helped and helped my mom and my teachers realize that I needed help younger than when I got it. So, all those assholes who think we don't need to teach kids about feelings and understanding how to express it that could really damage kids with emotional issues because they just sit there thinking there's something wrong with them because they don't know why they're crying when nothing sad happened um math was the trigger that made me call you guys because I've recently learned that math doesn't make me angry; it makes me frustrated. So, SEL is really, really important. So, I just wanted to share that.
4: I hope. Ah,
0: so. oh, three oh, minutes—the no. three-minute cutoff. Oh no! So they didn't use their name, so we won't. We I don't don't know their name, mm-hmm. but that is an inter- interesting perspective that I've never considered. That. The, your understanding and your knowledge as a child of which emotions are even out there and available to you,
4: mm-hmm.
0: that's just, I never considered that. Yeah. So I, I, that's this is one of the reasons we love to play voicemails from the audience because we get a, a wide and varied set of perspectives that we may n- not have considered, which is one of the reasons why diversity of thought, diversity of life experience is so important because we can only convey what we've experienced.
4: Yeah, and especially exposing kids to that early on yeah. seems to be really important. And that also seems to be what social emotional learning is all about.
0: Yeah, and once again, the, you have to do some real twist uh, uh, pretzel twisting of yourself intellectually to get to a place where you think social emotional learning is a negative thing.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, like you said, Florida finally released examples from math books that it rejected. One key point here, though, is that these examples were sent in by parents and the Florida education officials are still not able to give specific examples of textbooks that these actually these examples that we're going to reference here come from.
6: These are the images released by Florida's Department of Education, examples of what it finds too objectionable to be included in public school math books. One of the images, which the Department of Education says were sent to them by the public, shows a bar graph measuring racial prejudice by political identification. Another, adding and subtracting polynomials, a section that begins with, what, me, racist? It goes on to talk about racial prejudice and measuring bias. Public school textbooks, just the latest battleground, in a culture war waged by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis.
5: There's really outrageous things going on about uh, what they're doing uh, by basically using critical race theory to bring ideology and political activism uh, as it uh, at the forefront of education.
6: Florida's Department of Education says it's rejecting publishers' attempts to indoctrinate students. The overwhelming majority of materials they deemed problematic were for students K through 5th grade. Some of the books, according to the department, did not meet state standards. Others incorporated prohibited topics or unsolicited strategies, including critical race theory.
5: It's kind of interesting to see this ever-expanding umbrella under this fear-mongering campaign that's, you know, using uh, critical race theory as the sort of Trojan horse in education.
6: Another reason textbooks were rejected, references to social emotional learning in math. It's a practice that supports the social side of learning and emotional needs of children, as described by the Collaborative for Academic Social and Emotional Learning.
0: This is a fight about honestly, next to nothing. A lot of this is inspired by political disputes and by political advantage. There is a vast uh, industry in this country that uses contempt and hatred to divide us politically. And I think sometimes that industry
2: of division and contempt uses um, schools to advance its own aims.
6: A New York Times review of 21 of the rejected books found many of the textbooks included social-emotional learning content, but found little that touched on race or critical theory. Perhaps not a focus in the textbooks, but a focus for the political playbook of a potential 2024 presidential candidate.
3: Nobody wants this crap. They're trying to shove it down the throats of the American people. You're not doing that here in the state of Florida
6: and we should mention that the department of education Florida's department of education released these images that they received from the public when i asked the the press secretary for exact textbooks that these images came from we never heard back i have been talking quite a bit to florida math teachers a handful of them and and many of them tell me that they're worried this will set them back that they're worried that this will now become a back and forth in an appeals process for the publishers with the state and the Really, just want to get their hands on the materials so they can start planning for the next school year. Layla Santiago, CNN, Miami.
4: So, uh, the bar graph that was mentioned specifically is measuring racial prejudice by political identification. And I mean, you can imagine what this bar graph might look like right. <laughs> and why there may be objections from conservatives. And that's because and this is all based on the implicit association test the impl- implicit bias that we have talked about on the show you can take the for
0: years we've talked about it.
4: Yeah, you can take the um implicit bias test for numerous different areas including race to see if you show an implicit bias against one race or another. There is, you know, some controversy surrounding the benefit of the implicit association test and there are often trainings done at organizations using the implicit associ- association test to show that people have these implicit biases that will in- impact their behavior yeah. toward other people and an effort to help them kind of become aware of how those uh, implicit biases may impact. Well, how I wanted they to mention
0: that it is not identifying whether or not you're racist. It's if you have an implicit bias in you and then then you have to do the work to to counteract that to to be aware of it so you so, so it doesn't color how you treat people or or behave out in public
4: yeah so this the other section they talked about the adding and subtracting polynomials that begins with what me racist it says more than 2 million people have tested their racial prejudice using a online version of the implicit association test. It's a little hard to read because it's very tiny in this screenshot, but it goes on to basically give a word problem that is using the implicit association test. So again, this is what they point to as indoctrination when these are things that students are going to encounter in their lives, right? It's the real world. It is, I would argue important for kids to learn about things like, racial prejudice by political identification that may be beneficial for kids to learn would have been beneficial for me to learn that earlier than I did,
0: yeah. for example. Well, it's also, they're not just making shit up. It's they're, they're going off of actual data that are out there.
4: Yeah, I mean, like for me what helped me with math problems is I always wanted my math problems to be about food. Like if it was about cupcakes or cookies or something like that,
0: you fit right into the way the conservatives are talking about this issue because every clip I hear it's some (laughs) idiot saying, well, this is what it should be. Jimmy has five apples. Susie ate, eats two of the apples. How many apples does Jimmy have left?
4: yeah but like, see yeah, there's well, there's a limit to that you exactly. know I mean at a certain point it's enough i I remember very vividly having an example in um in college about mosquito larvae that one of my word problems was about mosquito larvae, and I'm like, this is we don't need to this is getting a bit much. They're running out of topics. they're just desperate <laughs> to find something to.
0: Let me count the wagon
4: wheels.
0: (laughs) So again, uh, moral panic, insane, um, blowing this out of proportion. And the problem is that they're actually using the issue to change curriculums, to change so students won't be benefited by social emotional learning and other uh, devices in a classroom to educate children.
4: Well, if you can believe it, things are actually getting worse in Florida because Governor Ron DeSantis has now created an election fraud unit.
0: Again, something that's imaginary that they're actually creating legislation about.
6: Florida is now officially one of the first states in the entire country with its own standalone election police force. Governor Ron DeSantis signed the law, saying that he's focusing on election security and voter integrity, which became a rallying cry across Republican campaigns. NBC News Deputy Political Editor Ben Camasar joins us now. Uh, ben, uh, all right. So, so what exactly does an election police unit do?
3: Yeah, so Morgan, the centerpiece of this bill is that election police, if you will. It basically creates this new office that's charged specifically with looking into voter fraud and other election law violations. Obviously, those are already against the law, but this would be um, an, an agency that's specifically charged with looking at that. Symbolically, that's something that DeSantis can use politically to sort of satiate this Republican base that continues to be fed the lie that Donald Trump won the presidential election but lost it due to fraud. Um, but, you know, there are other parts of this bill worth noting, too, kind of under the surface. It straightens the prohibition on ballot harvesting, um, which is when you collect some uh, other people's ballots and turn them in. Um, and it strengthens some fines for election law violations. and also directs some supervisors um, to look into voter rolls more often. So there are some other pieces of this bill about election administration that are going on uh,
6: on underneath yeah. the as well Ben, i mean republicans nationwide are, are really sort of stressing this need to restore public confidence in elections but why i mean why and why now because we've already seen a flurry of new laws passed in dozens of states but really what kind of national implication does this does this have when you make moves like this
3: yeah, it's that sort of political piece I was talking about with DeSantis. You know, the backdrop here is this GOP fervor in addressing something, election fraud, that we haven't actually seen on a, such a wide scale. But that hasn't stopped it from becoming the fundamental issue in a lot of these races. You look just to Florida's north, um, Georgia. That's Their governor's race is run almost exclusively on the question of for the Republican side, did Brian Kemp do enough to stop the supposed and proven false fraud in the 2020 election? So this is just a huge thing right now in all of Republican politics. So, you know, the national vacations are twofold. I guess what we know and what we don't know. What we know is that this Republican push about a rigged election will continue, and they're responding with new laws. They're not just responding with rhetoric, and that's going to keep the issue central. But I think the larger question is what is this going to, in laws like these across the country, what's that going to actually have as far as an effect on elections themselves? You know, Republicans will say this is going to uncover or or um, stop future fraud, but we haven't seen any evidence of that Um, widespread fraud yet democrats are concerned morgan that the real issue here is going to be dissuading people from voting legally having this sort of federal or a nationalized push against um, sort of voting laws may make it harder and more scary for individuals to legally cast their vote
4: i don't know how republicans continue to be so Good at this, but you hear them talk about how Joe Biden is not doing enough to fight inflation and to help people. And then this is all they spend their time doing. Right is tackling things that do not matter because so, there is not widespread <laughs> yeah. election fraud. Yeah,
0: solving problems that aren't problems.
4: Again, with the, the CRT, banning math textbooks, I mean, they are spending all of their time focused on issues that are really irrelevant and do nothing to help alleviate the suffering of... Americans that they claim to be so concerned about when they start talking about Joe Biden and inflation, right?
0: Yeah. Well, especially for Ron DeSantis, who is desperate to be a presidential candidate in 2024. He's really, uh, it's a chemistry set down there in Florida. Mm-hmm. They are, he is concocting all kinds of little, little experiments to see what sticks and what does not. He's getting his name out there on a daily basis because of the dr- draconian, autocratic bullshit he's doing, the anti-business things. I mean, he's... It's really just a... The the culture war is ground zero in Florida right now. They just passed a bill taking away Disney's autonomy, which I don't think is a bad thing because I don't think any company should be able to regulate themselves from construction to taxes and everything else. Mm -hmm. But it is... He's making a name for himself. I mean, he's running. This is what this is all about.
4: Yeah, well, and I mean... Throughout the pandemic, I I would hear periodically from conservatives, whether it was in my personal life or on social media, talking about how not enough was being done to alleviate the suffering of American citizens during the pandemic. Yeah. And... If that is true, that Republican voters actually care about that issue in particular, what politicians can do to help alleviate suffering for Americans who are struggling financially in the midst of the continuing pandemic with inflation and everything, then you would think that Ron DeSantis's ideology and outlook and the way that he governs, that that would be antithetical to what they want in a leader for their party. But instead, they keep supporting these people who are all about the culture war issues and not actually doing things that are meaningful and that are going to lead to change
0: yeah i don't know what it is but it seems to be some kind of a programming of the base to just go along with they've programmed them that the culture wars and whatever whatever fanaticism du jour is out there this is what we're focused on this is what you need to focus on and in it they have programmed the base to be very team centric that mm-hmm. this is what the this Republicans Republicans this is what we have to focus on mm-hmm. where like i just i didn't criticize him on the the disney thing because eh, it seems like a reasonable thing the reason he's doing it is wrong but the, the outcome yeah disney shouldn't be having its own police force and having a jail on disney world that they control i mean come on <laughs> but they're not doing it for the right reason. Yeah. They love that idea. Let them run their thing. It's only because they criticized the don't say gay bill mm-hmm. that they're now lashing out and there's retribution on a political scale now. Right, right. Ugh. Yeah. We'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at Calm as I try to find the next button to move on.
1: I Doubt It is a listener-supported podcast. Support comes from our most loyal, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners just like you via Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as $2 a month would help keep the conversation moving forward one podcast at a time. If you have a few dollars to spare each month, we invite you to help produce the show by joining the Patreon family please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast.
4: We'd like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Allison W.
0: Allison W.,
4: Douglas J. Douglas J. And then we want to give a special shout out to Kimba A.
0: Kimba A.
4: Kimba A became a annual Patreon contributor. Very much thank you for that. That is something you can do now, by the way. Annual memberships on Patreon are a thing. You get 10% off if you become an annual member on Patreon. Check out the reward tiers so that you can make an informed choice about what you want to support when it comes to... The Patreon and remember that we are having our monthly Zoom hangout. That is a video chat that we do with Patreon members in the specific tier for the Zoom call. And we talk about the weather. And politics. (laughs) You're really selling it. Where all of the listeners are from, and how everyone is doing, and what's happening in the world, and how we're all surviving. So it's a great time. It's going to be this Saturday at one p.m. Eastern time. Yes, and it
0: is really a good time. It's just hanging out with pals. That's there is no agenda. If you're expecting a show to be put on, yeah, Ah, cha cha cha. It's not going to happen because
4: we're off duty.
0: uh, Off. We're off the clock. That's right. Yeah. So thank you for your support, guys. We appreciate it very much. Uh, It is very meaningful and, again, appreciate it. All right. Moving on. Dallamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism.
4: There are more tapes. As promised. More tapes of Kevin McCarthy... (laughs) Talking about how the rhetoric from members of his party following the insurrection was not good. He had concerns. Yeah,
0: you, you said something to me outside while we were waiting for Sweepy to take a dump. That uh <laughs> Okay. Because this is in practice in your life. You're like, if I if I was um if I was a, a powerful person, I would just always assume I'm being recorded.
4: Oh yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And it makes you wonder. What's going on with Kevin McCarthy? It's not very smart or strategic or wise or whatever you want to use here mm-hmm. to be speaking so freely. And also, it doesn't appear like Liz Cheney was on this call.
4: They they talk about Liz, they mention Liz, but they mention her like she's not on the call. Now, what what you're going to hear here? In well, this- I wanted
0: to say why I'm saying that. It's because the the original call it's largely been attributed by people to have been Liz Cheney who released that call to the media. Mm -hmm. And maybe not. Now that we're, like this is a call that's also been obtained by the New York Times. Maybe it wasn't Liz Cheney that released the original. Who knows?
4: Well, tell me what you think about mentioning Liz, whether or not it sounds like she's on the call. But this is going to be Kevin McCarthy starting out, and then you're going to hear Steve Scalise.
0: Steve Scalise, Republican of Louisiana, the man who famously said he's just like David Duke just without all the baggage.
4: And then at some point, you're going to hear just a Republican aide come on and say something. But primarily, this is a conversation with Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise.
2: And the other thing I want to bring up, and I'm making some phone calls to some
5: members. Um, I just I just got something sent now about Newsmax something that Gates said where he's calling people's names out, saying an anti-Trump in this type of uh, atmosphere.
2: in um, some of the other places, this is this is serious stuff people are doing that has to
5: stop. Um, I'll make individual calls. Yeah, also and, uh, and I mean, Louie's comments, too, a lot of members have said some real no, concerning no, things. No, about did they face up? Did they face up? today too? Not said to Louie was at, I mean... um Mo was at the rally, you know, the we're, we're kicking ass and taking names thing at the Trump
2: rally. Well, uh, so these are, you know, these right are right things where they kick that ass. I think this is. Okay, what,
5: I, what did Gates say? I, if Gates brought up Liz specifically, I just saw I, that on Twitter. And Adam, someone just sent it. Gonzalez um, just
2: sent it to me, so I'm calling Gates. I'm explaining to him. I don't know how to say, but I'm going to have some other people call him, too. But. The nature of what, if I'm getting briefing, I'm going to get another one from the FBI tomorrow. Uh, this is serious shit to cut this out. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's it, I mean, it's potentially illegal. What are you doing? Well, he's putting people in jeopardy, and he, he doesn't need to be doing this. He, we, we saw what people would do in the Capitol, um, you know, and these people came prepared. It's broke with everything else.
0: Pretty stark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It doesn't appear as though she's on the line. Liz Cheney. Yeah. But there's several things that this communicates. One is that the FBI was on top of this. They're briefing Kevin McCarthy about the dangers that are being proposed by Matt Gates and others who are using incendiary language. Mm-hmm. The other thing is that Steve Scalise and Kevin McCarthy both fucking know well the weight of their words and how they can incite nuts to violence. Mm-hmm. They can... They can incite dangerous situations with people who are inflamed by the rhetoric.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: He, I mean, he said, "This is putting people in jeopardy." Those are the words of Kevin McCarthy.:
4: Yeah. Well, and they mention Moe and Louis who Mo Brooks, is Mo... Louis,
0: Louis Gomer., yeah. yeah. both Congressmen who are also rabid Trump supporters who, le- in the lead-up to the insurrection, were using the most vile and dangerous language of of really of of all of them.
4: Yeah. So it was funny to watch cuz Kevin McCarthy was asked about these these leaked audio tapes is
0: this the clip of him down on the Rio Grande at the border yes and he kept trying to deflect well you know well yeah you know well no that's not true but the real serious thing is the border here That's (laughs)
4: exactly what he did and it was so I mean as you're doing that you just have to be cringing on the inside like knowing how terrible it looks
0: well I think with him in that moment because he's it's on Fox News being interviewed by a Fox News reporter Mm -hmm. so you have to think in his mind he's expecting them to lob up a softball and then when he bats it away he expects it to be done and then they're not going to come back to it but they keep readdressing it yeah 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 border 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 but what about these phone calls what's going on and then he's like oh fuck i thought i already dealt with this
4: right well in his efforts to deny not address push this away it it suggests that Donald Trump still has a significant hold on the Republican Party and that saying anything negative about him or giving any indication that he is wrong about anything is not the way to go. Yeah. And this was very apparent during the first Senate primary debate in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, of course, is where Dr. Oz is. Dr. Oz. (laughs) Thank you, Oprah. And it was basically like a Trump off during this Senate primary debate because.
0: And, by, and listen, listed in order of the worst, of all the offs, a Trump off is the worst. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I mean, I think so. But it was because Donald Trump has endorsed only Dr. Oz. Yeah,
0: which has kind of split MAGA world in two.
4: Yeah, but you wouldn't know that based on how all of these Republicans behaved during this primary debate because they were all talking about Donald Trump still. It didn't matter that Donald Trump had only endorsed Dr. Oz. They were all Trump, Trump, Trump.
1: Good morning. Yeah, the Pennsylvania Senate race critical here, and you can tell on the ground just how important it is. Every single television ad is a political attack ad. Millions of dollars have already been spent. And last night, when those five Republican candidates took the stage, there was one man who wasn't there, but still managed to loom large. And that, of course, was former President Donald Trump.
5: So how did each of you end up running for a U.S. Senate seat in
1: Pennsylvania? The Pennsylvania Senate Republican frontrunners going head-to-head in their fiery first debate alongside three other candidates. Hedge fund CEO David McCormick and celebrity doctor Mehmet Oz attacking each other. Fresh off securing the coveted endorsement of former President Trump, Oz touting Trump's decision at every turn.
2: President Trump was very clear, I'm America first. Dishonest Dave is at it again. He went groveling to President Trump with, again, these types of allegations. President Trump saw it right through him, did not endorse him, and then he endorsed me because, as he said in his announcement, which he wrote himself, I know exactly how to manage our energy issues and deal with many of the other factors that we as a nation have to be strong and bold on.
1: McCormick, whose wife, Dina Powell, Powell served under President Trump had also jockeyed for Trump's support.
2: President Trump saw right through him. He therefore did not endorse Mr. McCormick. He endorsed me.
1: Oz using the endorsement to fight off allegations from candidates that he has flip-flopped on his positions.
2: And this is where um, Mehmet Oz cracks me up because I hear all his statements about COVID now. And this is a guy who uh, who on national television said uh, the Chinese were doing a great job with the COVID lockdown. He did. Who, who complimented Anthony Fauci as a great scientist and a great leader. He did. And who was the, who the guy who was out there saying, mask up. Thank goodness President Trump was able to, uh, Trump was able to put together Operation Warp Speed, but Anthony Fauci, who was the leader of that re- initial response, should be fired. I've called for his removal.
1: McCormick and other candidates uh. have spent months painting Oz as a liberal outsider.
2: Senator Clinton, one of the smartest people I've ever met. Dr. Fauci is too, but he's a very disciplined leader. He's a wonderful scientist.
1: The Senate race is one of the most critical in the country, with $80 million poured into the state already. Currently held by retiring Republican Pat Toomey, the seat is key for Republicans if they want to win the majority in November. While the former president believes Oz is the most likely to secure a general election in the fall, some Republicans in the state aren't so sure. And the former president will be here in Pennsylvania holding a rally for Oz in just about two weeks. The primary itself is on May 17th. John?
3: All right, Kristen Holmes for us in Harrisburg. Kristen, thank you so much. It's just gross.
4: Well, and Trump has infected it in more ways than just these candidates trying to illustrate how close they are to Donald Trump, how much they love Donald Trump. mm,
0: I love the smell of his grundle.
4: The fact that... um, I got
0: way more grundle under my nose than you do. No, you don't. I love the grundle more than you do. Isn't that what you just heard? That's pretty much verbatim what I just heard.
4: So Uh, What I was Going to say I thought you were going to play The disclaimer for everyone
0: Oh disclaimer Sorry Not on top of it the views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I am so sorry, madam. I did not know that that's the direction you wanted me to go.
4: So what I was going to say is... Something you about can, grundles?
0: Are you, you going to say something about grundles? You can
4: hear the influence of Donald Grumble Trump
0: butter.
4: on the candidates because Dr. Oz used the phrase dishonest Dave. And I don't think you heard that, Jesse, because you were in the middle of texting when that happened. But Dr. Oz was talking about... Who was I texting? Don't know. Was I
0: texting you that I just got a text that I'm now (laughs) eligible for the booster shot?
4: Love to get texts during the show from you. (laughs) Uh, This is a... I love
0: this precedent that you're setting. I'm
4: never going to be able to get through my I love
0: this precedent that you're setting because from now on... Every time that you do something that is not directly related to listening to the exact yeah. clip that's playing, uh-huh. I'm going to stop the clip. Yeah. and ask you what you're doing.
4: Okay, perfect.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much.
4: We'll be great shows going forward. So tell
0: if, me more about. Uh, hopefully, I
4: can get through this sentence now. He called <laughs> David McCormick, who who he's running Dishonest against. Dishonest Dave. Dishonest we heard Dave. That part, yeah. Which is very Trump like. <laughs>
0: That was it?
4: Yeah, but it was like going to sound better until I got interrupted several times. Are you
0: sure it was going to sound better? Okay,
4: but here's what I love (laughs) is that the other Republicans are attacking Dr. Oz for having in the past supported masks during the pandemic and for praising Dr. Fauci as being a great research scientist. All of which
0: is objectively true.
4: Because he has said positive things about Dr. Anthony Fauci in the past. And because during the pandemic, he supported masking as a doctor. Yeah. They are...
0: As a... As a well-respected heart surgeon,
4: they are promoting his his past views with Republicans to show he's not one of us. He well, supported masks.
0: M- more more uh, alarmingly and bizarrely is the fact that he's like, no, I want him fired. No, no, I've said a long time I want Fauci fired. Yeah. Jesus, cr- calm down.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, and again, if we had private phone conversations of Doctor Oz, I'm sure we would be hearing completely different. Positions it that, would be, that he has
0: held. It would probably be, even the private conversations would likely be just as mush-mouthed because he doesn't enunciate. it's Listening to him is like having something bad happen. I can't think of anything at the moment, but, you know, something grating and irritating happened to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So the White House, unfortunately, <laughs> is uh, pre- reportedly preparing for Republicans to win the midterms. Yeah. Which is a terrifying thought because you're getting a glimpse of it with <laughs> the uh, with, Senate primary debate in Pennsylvania, or
0: just Florida. Just look at Florida to know the kind of of one gridlock, but also
4: the types of Republicans that are going to be put into positions of power.
7: Democrats control, obviously, the White House and both chambers of Congress. And so the investigative power that rests within Congress um, is not being used to the same extent that it is when there are different parties controlling either the White House or a chamber of Congress. And so what the White House is now preparing for is the increasingly likelihood that they will lose control of at least one, if not both, chambers of Congress. And what that means is a lot more oversight and investigations from uh, House or Senate Republicans into Um, potential um, sensitive issues for the White House. We
2: are going to take power after this next election. And when we do, it's not going to be the days of Paul Ryan and Trey Gowdy and no real oversight and no real subpoenas. It's going to be the days of Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Dr. Gosar Ah. and myself doing everything to get the answers to these questions.
7: the White House um, is is starting to think about how they need to reorient things to be able to respond to an onslaught of investigations. And where that will be housed is within the White House counsel. But I think it's noteworthy um, how early they're beginning this process and how sensitive some of these subjects are. It's often very politically charged. And so there are issues that House Republicans are already telegraphing. They are excited to dig into um, that they think, one, will show poor management from, from the president and his administration, but also uncover potential wrongdoing um, as well. Republicans are telegraphing three main areas where they want to launch oversight investigations almost immediately. The first one is Hunter Biden.
2: When did Joe Biden first <laughs> become aware
0: God, of damn. how much money Hunter Biden was being compensated by Burisma?
7: The president's son um, had a slew of, of business dealings in foreign countries that Republicans are convinced um, show evidence of wrongdoing. Uh, I'm not concerned about any accusations that been made against him. It's used to get to me. I think it's kind of foul play. The two other big topics are are the coronavirus pandemic and, and the withdrawal from Afghanistan. That blood is and
3: will be on Joe Biden's hands, and this Congress will hold him accountable.
7: One of the things I would emphasize as Republicans gear up to launch these investigations is that there's no evidence at this point of any wrongdoing by the administration or by the president. These oversight investigations um, often devolve into very partisan um, warfare. As we've seen in the past, a good example is the Hillary Clinton hearing with the Benghazi investigation.
2: Benghazi is not political. It was created for one purpose and one purpose only to find the truth on behalf of the families of the four dead men period.
7: The Republicans, as they gear up for the the primary uh, in 2024 and then a presidential election, they will be eager to make, uh, to expose Democrats for whatever sort of wrongdoing um, that they can find. And so trying to hype up any sort of documents that they can find, whether or not they show wrongdoing, I think that's one of the things we've increasingly seen here in Washington, that lawmakers are eager to use anything they can to their political advantage.
0: So the main problem here with, with these kind of congressional oversight investigations that would be run by the Republicans is because they're a time waster. Nothing gets done. Nothing gets done relative to punishment or uncovering any truths because there are no truths to uncover, usually. And Let me tell you, I don't give a fuck if they investigate Hunter Biden. I think Hunter Biden is sketchy as fuck. I, mean, I did, think Hunter Biden, first of all, selling $500,000 paintings when you're not an artist and you do get these weird sweetheart board assignments on on this Ukrainian oil uh, board because your your dad's an important man. I mean that's it's just rich kid shit. You know what I mean. And I, so I don't really care.
4: Uh, again though. Is that what the Republican base, like, that's their priority? That's what people want to vote for? For With everything going on, and they claim to care about inflation, but they want to elect people whose number one priority is to investigate Hunter Biden? Right.
0: The the president's son. They're not saying the president did anything wrong.
4: I mean, what's, what?
0: But it's Hunter Biden. Oh, we got to look into the, uh, uh, like, remember how many congressional hearings that have been surrounding Donald Trump Jr. or Eric Trump. Mm Mm-hmm. No, there haven't been Eric Trump hearings or Don Jr. specific hearings. There have been things that have come up in the impeachment trial, uh, impeachment hearings that involved them, but it weren't were centered around them.
4: Well, and I was going to say, or Ivanka Trump as well, who was actually...
0: In the administration. Right. Yeah. A a chief uh, presidential aide or you know, high Advisor aide to the president. Yeah. yeah. it's Just come on. It, it is... The, the problem is is that most of the country will see through this, but it doesn't matter because Republicans will be in charge in the House and likely the Senate unless unless you can convince your friends and your neighbors and your relatives and your coworkers to get out there and vote in these districts that are in, in in, uh, in at threat.
4: And I would say, I would add to that, because yes, that's very important. I would add to that unless... The Biden administration is going to do something here to, oh. to encourage yeah. the general public to get excited and vote because there's meaningful change that is happening in their lives, and that may be why he is now signaling his openness yeah. to canceling student loans. Yeah, I've been, I've been, we've been talking
0: about this for a while, months and months and months, but a few months ago, I'm like, I wonder if he's waiting to. To roll this out pre-election mm-hmm. as something, okay, we finally got something done. Because that would energize people to to get out there and fucking vote.
4: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And listen, it needed to be done a long time ago, but no one's been harmed because there's been this moratorium being kicked down the road. The can's been kicked down the road, just like- uh,
4: with The pause on the interest.
0: Pause on the interest, and also just like they did with eviction moratorium until they didn't. Right. But- the, the the administration uh, listen if anybody has anything if there's any blame to go around about if democrats lose this midterm it goes to democrats you you can't blame it on republicans mm-hmm. you got to blame it on the people who didn't get shit done they didn't put the pressure that they needed to on mansion on cinema to get some things done the 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 minimum wage is still what it was in 2009 and democrats have been in office many times since 2009
4: right so you need to give people yes. the alternative. You need to show them the alternative. And yes, there's going to be a significant portion of the Republican base that is never going to budge because they're all in with QAnon. They're all in with these culture, these culture war issues, but- and I'm not saying that canceling student loans or doing something significant is going to convince Republicans to vote for Democrats, but it may energize Democrats who are disillusioned yeah. with everything that's been going on with the Biden administration and their their failure to enact policies that have led to meaningful change for people. It may energize them to ensure that they are getting out there and voting for Biden, if he runs again, or whoever the Democratic nominee uh, ends up being in 2024
0: yeah we'd love to know what you think 657-464-7609 is our voicemail line you can also email a voice memo you have to email it you can't text it those don't come through you email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at com.
4: The asshole of today, Greg Kelly.
0: Greg Kelly.
4: Greg Kelly is the host of Greg Kelly Reports.
0: He's also the for, he's the child of the former police commissioner Ray Kelly of New York City and a credibly a, credibly accused rapist.
4: So, wasn't aware of either of those facts. Yes, but
0: also former marine. Mm. Kind of a bummer.
4: So. He is the host of Greg Kelly reports on Newsmax TV. Didn't get to finish my sentence. A lot of not finishing of my sentences on today's show.
0: The middle of your sentence is like abruptly interrupting the beginning of mine. So there's really no way around it.
4: Uh, I had actually (laughs) been introducing the asshole of today and then you.
0: That is why I said the middle of your sentence interrupted the beginning of mine.
4: I'm gonna have to sit with that one for a little bit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So Greg Kelly, host of Face Today on Newsmax. Let's just pause. Let's just pause because I have two things I want to talk about. I have not gotten a full night of sleep for what tomorrow will be a full month since I have gotten a full because of Sweepy of sleep. Yes, I wake up every night in the middle of the night to take Sweepy out. For potty, which I absolutely am happy to do, because
0: you sound I, thrilled. Well, about I'm,
4: it, no, it's just that
0: here, here's, uh, j- this just in: <laughs> Brittany celebrates taking Sweepy out. Weedily D. <laughs> exactly.
4: <laughs> okay. Um. So, Greg so, Kelly. No, that
0: you said one. There has to be a two. You're tired because you hate the dog. What's the no, second I, one?
4: Don't start that. <laughs> I I don't remember what was the second thing. See,
0: you're so t- you're so sleep deprived, and you are. I'm just teasing.
4: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't recall the second thing. Oh, so, right? Greg Kelly is the host of Greg Kelly Reports, and he has some really educated thoughts on the existence of systemic racism in America. And his thoughts begin with a screenshot of several black political commentators. And for some reason, he gets into their personal romantic history in order to disprove the existence of systemic racism in America.
2: And oh, by the way, I think this is interesting. I also think it's great. They're all uh, three of them are in great committed relationships and love is love. And it's beautiful that they found partners. I don't care what race they are, but I am going to point out that Jonathan Capehart happens to be uh, with a white man. And that's uh, that's wonderful. But it does undermine the whole idea that this is a systemically racist country with white supremacists everywhere. Same goes for Maya Wiley. Her husband is uh, not black and Kimberly Atkins store. Same goes for her. And uh, oh, by the way, way, the two most prominent black women in the country are married to white men. Uh, Katanji Brown Jackson didn't hear much about that, by the way. And uh, who's that? The second gentleman, Doug, Doug uh, Elliman, somebody like that. Emhoff is uh, Kamala's husband. That's great. Again, love is love. I don't. It, but it does undermine that whole notion.
4: No, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> so, so I guess in the fifties, you know, the case Loving versus Virginia, uh-huh. the argument could have been made. Look, there's a there's a there's an interracial couple. There, there's no racism in Virginia,
4: right? Okay.
0: That, that I mean, ultimately, that's what he's arguing.
4: I mean, this is like we've had a black president. Racism is over yeah, in America, right, right? Right. This is the quality political commentary that you get on Newsmax. Yeah, how TV.
0: does it speak to systemic? Racism in the system. How does it speak to that? That black women have white husbands and that's somehow systemic racism. Doesn't exist. I mean,
4: yeah. You've pulled out five examples. He
0: is th- the dumbest of the dumb fox, Greg Kelly. Absolutely, just a nightmarishly stupid guy.
4: Well, apparently the bar is really low over on Newsmax. Oh my because god! Because he didn't even know the name of
0: Doug Emhoff. Yeah, I yeah. mean,
4: what, he what did he call? He just made up a name.
0: <laughs> Emerson.
4: It was like that John Travolta moment with uh, the Oscars.
0: Uh, Edie. Or whatever he
4: said. <laughs> he, he said something better than that.
0: <laughs> Listen. Nice try. If this podcast is going to be just a, just devolve into us attacking one another. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be good for you.
4: I remembered my second oh, thing. Fantastic. I'm not scared of you, by the way. You so should be. I, I had a competing asshole of today, but I don't want to get into the Johnny Depp celebrity trial situation. But- you mean the,
0: the trial between the two assholes?
4: Between the two celebrities, I don't want to get into... We don't really talk a lot about celebrity news on the show, and I think that's a good thing. Mm. But there was a non-board-certified psychologist who testified on behalf of Depp's team. That's all the fuck we need. And according to her, she had evaluated Amber Heard for 12 hours and diagnosed her with two personality disorders. And In, In
0: one visit? Or over the course of a couple
4: visits? Over the period of two visits, that uh, were totaled, uh, I think, 12 hours. And anyway, non-board certified. She testified that she had uh, dinner and drinks with Depp's defense team and and Johnny Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just absurd. And there's a lot of Johnny Depp stands out there. Like, if you come out and you say something negative about him, you will get eaten alive on social media.
0: He's a dumb fuck, by the way. Yeah, I've watched some clips where, like, they say, "Well, you know, you're, you're she's you're much bigger than her," and he's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think we're kind of the same size."
4: <laughs> um, yeah. So, also,
0: he's he's an abusive, fucking drunk, and I mean, she might not be great. She's also, you know, the, the people with problems.
4: Well, I just love that. there's Here like, I am
0: coming down with the tank.
4: I mean, there's just texts of her, like of him calling her a cunt, and. people are, like, defending it, you know? Like, well, sometimes she acted like a cunt. I mean, you see that in the comments, and... It's just, it's a strange place to be right now because we went through the Me Too movement and then I'm like seeing all these people who have no expertise about domestic violence, don't know anything about these two people. He's already lost one lawsuit that found 12 out of the 14 incidents that she alleged actually happened and yeah. that I think it was the Daily Mail called him a wife beater. He lost that lawsuit. So it's just strange that there is so much animosity and now everyone's acting like they're experts on borderline personality disorder. I can't, <laughs> I can't handle it and this psychologist who testified i mean i don't know how much it someone has to be paid to sell themselves out in this way aren't
0: both her graduate degrees from pay-to-play schools like you just pay and you pretty much just get a Well, diploma. she got
4: a master's degree and her side from pepperdine university which is located where where we just moved from, Orange County. and
0: Malibu, and then they also have a major campus in Orange County.
4: Yeah, and it's like $1,300 a unit there, so you have yeah. to have money to go there, yeah, or yeah, you're yeah. going to be in a significant amount of debt when you leave. Um, I and thought then, about going there. What was the other
0: one? Allegiant or Alliant, Alliant or something? Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. Um, that was just like a separate certification or something that I think she has. But yeah, so I've been texting about the trial with my therapist friends, and we've been having... Some good conversations. But I decided to skip it. So it's just like a little... Well,
0: it's good, good thing we didn't talk about it at all. I... <laughs> I didn't mind talking about it. I, I think Johnny Depp is a fucking dipshit. Also, there's like video evidence of him being abusive and shit. I, I
4: don't know. Well, and that's the thing. It's like all, all that needs to be proved is that he was abusive toward her. So everything else doesn't matter. And... It's just, you. for the general public, they don't deal well with complexity. So you have someone who's a quote-unquote victim of domestic violence who behaved in a way that isn't shirking away from it, and maybe they fought back, maybe they were aggressive as in return verbally, or whatever yeah. it may have been, and then that comes out to poor Johnny Depp, who had an abusive mom and is recreating that abuse in his new relationship. Like, it's just...
0: Yeah, but also, listen... you. you you can you can know that johnny depp is an abusive uh prick if that is indeed what he is and uh and still the woman he's abusing not be a great person lots of people who aren't great get abused so it you don't one doesn't have to be a saint and one doesn't have to be the devil for this all to make to make sense
4: yeah, so... Life doesn't work like that. Shit's hard. It's complex. Yeah, and I mean, that's something we try to talk about on the show, and I, the only reason I think that it is important, by the way, to talk about this case is because... There are people who are in domestic violence situations. There may be women right now who are in domestic violence situations who have borderline personality disorder, who are seeing the discourse online that because they have a personality disorder and because maybe they haven't always behaved perfectly in response to the abuse that they have received, that they won't be believed if they they come forward. Brittany
0: did perfectly in air quotes, by the way.
4: Yeah, hopefully that's coming across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I think that because the discourse that happens online is seen by regular everyday people who may be experiencing these things, sure. that it ends up having an impact on regular everyday people and their perceptions of their own problems. Yeah. Well, think
0: think about it from th- this perspective, and then we'll you we'll know, wrap it up. But uh, think about how many women have have been killed in domestic violence situations who might have a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... Did they right. deserve it because they have borderline or they're whatever? I mean, no, of course fucking not.
4: Well, and even the power dynamic isn't being discussed, and I thought the Me Too movement had helped people understand how that's a significant thing. I mean, Johnny Depp's like 30 years older than her. He's an established actor. He has way more money than her. There's been accusations about why was she recording him all the time. Well, if she didn't have these recordings, what would, what would have happened to her by now? right.
0: Oh, this would have been completely over.
4: Yeah, I mean, she would be devastated financially and everything else. So, again, I think the only reason it is important is because of the real-life impact it could have on other people who are in these situations. And I would encourage you, if you are a Johnny Depp stan... Who is out there? Just he can do no wrong. You're a super fan. That's You're all fine.
0: Those people. The Venn diagram of Johnny Depp stands and Elon Musk stands is like a fucking circle, man.
4: Well, that's going to be interesting because I think Amber Heard dated Elon Musk, and he's going to be called for <laughs> that's, her. That's right. Her defense. So. Oh,
0: the world is a small fucking place, it's, everybody.
4: It's going to get hairy for people.
0: Yikes. Anyway, we'd love to know what you think. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. We love you guys. We appreciate you very much. We'd love to hear from you. You can also email a voice memo, email, not text, email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at We love you guys. We appreciate you. We would invite you to support the show on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash idoubtitpodcast. Pick your tier, get involved, help support the movement. We love you. We will see you next time. Until we do, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dolamore, and this has been... I doubt it.